Welcome to the OKC Community Podcast. We are so glad you're here. For more information about us, please visit our website at okccommunitychurch.com. All right. I need everybody to be uh, a little bit of a team player here. I need you to do something for me. Are you guys ready for this? All right, I need you to smile, but I need you to smile really big, and I need you to look at the person next to you with that smile. Just go ahead and do it. Don't be too cool for school. Don't be too cool. Smile at them and just hold that smile. <laughs> Don't, yes, isn't that feel amazing? Um, maybe wink at them if you like want to take them on a date or something like that. I don't know. <clears throat> All right, did you know that it takes, it takes 73 muscles in your face to frown, but only 14 muscles to smile? It's almost like you were, you know, created to smile. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if you think about it, if you tried to frown right now, it is kind of, it takes some serious effort. Like, it just doesn't feel quite right. But I, I want to I wanna show you a picture uh, of our family. Recently, we took some family photos. And um, you talk about, you know, the people that bring joy and, and um, you know, happiness to me. These are those people along with Jesus. But... I love this picture. Grayson is such a picture of joy. And you can go ahead and zoom in on that. You know, mm, mm, yes. And uh, so this is Grayson. And it will make you smile. And this is what all of our family photo shoots are like. He doesn't ever take a normal picture. He's got to be goofy. He's got to be fun. And smiling is this contagious thing, right? Like if I told you to like, look at the person next to you and just smile again, it would cause the other person to smile. Smiling is just one of those things that comes with, of course, happiness and it's kind of the start of this conversation that we're talking about joy and, and it is something that we all sort of want in life it's something that the word pursuit has put on you know you've heard people say the pursuit of happiness and of course of course we know where that comes from here in america i want to use the declaration of independence can i can i speak from that for just a moment i know we're gonna i'm just gonna preach on this actually this is all we're gonna talk about today is <laughs> amen god and country mm, here we go we hold these truths to be sacred and undeniable that all men are created equal and independent, that from the, that equal creation they derive rights inherent and inalienable, among which are the preservation of life and liberty and the pursuit of happiness. Is a beautiful, beautiful scripture, beautiful scripture, beautiful line. <laughs> beautiful scripture. I mean, line, there we go. Uh, beautiful line that is written around this idea that for 200 years ago, people were pursuing happiness, right? Pursuing happiness is as old as time, this idea of happiness. Great C.S. Lewis wrote something about all of human history. He says, all that we call human history, money, poverty, ambition, war, prostitution, classes, empires, slavery, is the long, terrible story of man trying to find something other than God which will make him happy. Hmm. All of time, all of human history, even the terrible parts of it, are in some strange way humanity's attempt to be happy. The Bible has a lot to say about happiness and joy and pleasure as well. Um, Psalm 118, 24. You've heard this before. The, this is the day that the Lord has made, and we should sing this part. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. There you go. Something like that. Something about this verse, right? It sounds so easy. God made the day, so be glad. But it doesn't always feel that easy, does it? It does not always feel like, for the person who doesn't 
have joy just kind of naturally flowing out of them. I don't know if that's you, but just joy, just you wake up and you're like ready to go and attack the day. Like you just already drank a whole pot of coffee and you're ready to, you're ready to go. But joy, for those who joy doesn't come out of them naturally, and maybe it's a struggle to feel happiness and joy, this verse doesn't feel quite so easy. It's not as easy as just choosing joy. And maybe you've been in church and you've heard that before. A joy is a choice. You should choose joy every day. And there is truth in the fact, and we're going to talk about choosing joy, but it's not as easy as just a choice like, you know, picking out a shirt to wear like you did this morning. It's not that kind of choice, is it? It's one that creates uh, some complexity to it. It's one that we have to kind of understand how do we even choose joy? And so that's what I want to talk about today. I want to dig a little deeper into this idea of joy, but even specifically, like, how do we live in it? How do we experience it? You know, we've been talking about Jesus for a while now, and we just think that as we explore the teachings of Jesus, the stories of Jesus, that we're going to experience transformation because we do believe that Jesus changes everything about everything. And, and there's this, this reality that as we enter into understanding more about Jesus. Um, he's going to move in our life. And so when we th- even think about joy, I mean, we got to go to Jesus, of course, because there's a really amazing passage, Hebrews 12, 2, and it says this. He says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer, the perfecter of our faith. So we, we've been talking about that. And then it says, for the joy set before him, the New Living Translation says, the joy that he was awaiting For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. There's a lot of things we can talk about in that passage, but he had joy in him in the face of struggle, hardship, even facing the cross as he was going towards it. He knew joy was awaiting him, and he wasn't losing his joy even in the midst of that struggle. And I don't know about you, but circumstantially, we all have struggles. We all have have things that we face in life, and for many people, that is where the joy scale seems to have a lot of relationship to is what we face in life. This Advent season that we're in, if you don't know much about it, it's, it's, it's a season of waiting on Jesus. It's a lot of things, but at the foundation of it is this, this idea that Jesus is our joy. In fact, in Luke 2, verse 8 um, through 11, we, we were reminded of this. This is when Jesus comes. When he's about to come and the angels show up and they're about to announce him. I read this passage last week, but I want us to notice something additional in it. It says, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. So the gift of Jesus, the coming of Jesus, it's it's supposed to and intended to bring great joy for all people, for everybody. There's supposed to be this, this joy that is now planted into the world because of Jesus. And this is what happens when he comes and he is born. And we celebrate this whole Christmas season. One of the things that happens in that moment is joy like the world has never experienced. And I know probably in this room, no one in here would say, I don't want joy. I don't like joy. I'm not, I don't really need joy. I'm not into joy. I don't think anybody would probably use those kind of things. No one would be like, joy is not really like my, my gig. You know what I mean? Like nobody would say that because most, but a lot of us I think would say, but I do struggle to feel it. I do struggle to experience it. 
I, I, I want it, and, and, I, and I, think I, I think I understand it even, but I do struggle to feel it day in and day out. And for a lot of us, I think there'd be some in the room that would even say, you know what, I feel like depression is a lot easier for me to get to than joy. Some would say anger is a lot easier for me to walk in than joy. Being overwhelmed by the busyness of life is a lot easier for me to walk in than joy. I think there'd be a lot of people that would say that. And I'd say, hey, you know, if I said, How's you, how are you doing in joy right now? Like, it, it would be kind of a mixed thing. Like, oh, I have good days and bad days and, or, or whatever. I don't know how you'd say it. But for a lot of us, this idea that this is the day that the Lord has made, let us rejoice and be glad in it, that's more cliche than it is reality. You know what I'm saying? Is anybody with me? Yeah, a few. I want to take us to a story in the Old Testament for a moment. <clears throat> the book of Nehemiah, we find a great story of, about God leading his people to choose joy. And I'll give you just a little bit of context to the story. Um, the book of Nehemiah is all about this man, Nehemiah, goes to the city of Jerusalem to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem that have been destroyed for a number of years. So Nehemiah is there. They have rebuilt the walls, and people are moving back into the city because now the city is protected. So they're coming out of hiding. They're moving back into Jerusalem. And there's a day in which they gather all of the people together and they start reading the word of God over them, start reading the books of the Torah over them, the law as it's called. They're reading the law on them, over them. And the people, as Ezra, the spiritual leader of the people, is reading this, as he's reading this over them, they begin to weep. And they're, they're overwhelmed by the power of the law and the word of God, but they're also experience a conviction in their heart of how they had been far from him. And so, Nehemiah, starting in verse, I believe, number nine, chapter eight, verse number nine. If you have a Bible, you can open there. You can just follow on screen. It says this, Then Nehemiah the governor, Ezra the priest and the teacher of the law, and the Levites who were instructing the people said to them all, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people had been weeping as they listened to the word of the law. Nehemiah said, Go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks and send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The Levites calmed all the people, saying, Be still, for this is a holy day. Do not grieve. Then all the people went away to eat and drink, to send portions of their food, and to celebrate with great joy because now they understood the words that had been made known to them so they are reading ezra is reading over them basically the bible this is what he's doing he's reading from what they called the law they are weeping as a result of this they're like it's so powerful to them it's so convicting to them they're weeping let me ask you a question have you do you ever feel like the things that God calls you to are really, really hard. <laughs> Do you ever feel like they could even be impossible? Anybody ever feel like the things that you read in the Bible are just impossible for you to do? If you feel that way, that's normal, just so you know. Because the things that are in the Bible are impossible for you to do. Jesus said, hey, go uh, cast out demons, raise the dead, <laughs> heal the sick. That's impossible stuff. But the law requires us, the Bible requires us to do such things. 
Now, Bill Johnson, he says it this way. He says, the law requires, but, but grace enables. Really good stuff, right? And what he means by that is the law requires, the law requires um, us to do a lot of things, but it's grace that actually enables us to do them. So perhaps for you, you would say, well, how, how do I, I mean, Jesus actually said there are some things that are impossible with man, but with God, all things are possible. So perhaps what's happening is God is actually calling us to impossible things on purpose because he's saying there's going to be some things you can, you can only do because I'm with you. And so for some of us here today, you need to understand that there are some things within your reach, within your grasp, within your life, the things that you can do that don't feel like you can do them, but I'm telling you you can do them because if you couldn't do them and God commanded you to do them, well, that would be cruel of God to tell you to do something that he doesn't give you the ability to do. And God's not cruel. God's a loving God. He's like, I'm only going to give you things to do that are actually possible. They may be impossible for you, but they are actually possible with me, with you. <laughs> are you with me? Okay, good. So back to Nehemiah. We'll come back to that. They're encountering the law of God. They fall short of the glory of God. They're, I mean, they, you know, they're weeping. Nehemiah says, hey, today's a holy day. We're not going to weep. We're not going to grieve anymore. We're actually going to go and enjoy, his words were, enjoy choice foods and sweet drinks, which is so fantastic. That's, that's a biblical thing, like eating good and drinking well. And so he's like, go and get, you know, filet mignon and then sweet drinks, which I don't know what that is. Maybe that's like I don't think it's Kool-Aid or Dr. Pepper is what I'm saying. I think it's probably something else that pairs well with the filet mignon. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so he's like, get some of that stuff. I want you to get some sweet drinks. And so he says, then do not grieve for the joy of the Lord is your strength. You know, many of us, we try and be strong, but we, tr but we also live at the same time without joy. How's that work? Probably not going to feel very strong. A lot of people, they, they, they pray and they ask God for strength, but they never ask him for joy. But it's the joy of our Lord that's our strength. Maybe we should be asking God for joy. See, joy is this priceless commodity of God. Not only is it a key to strength, Proverbs 17.22 says it's also a key to health. It's a, a joyful heart is good medicine. <laughs> and then he also says, oh, it, in my presence is the fullness of joy. Psalm 1611 says this, it says, you make known to me the path of life, which is really fantastic news. Thank you, Jesus. In your presence, there is the fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. See, in your presence, God, connecting with God is actually the, it's actually the access point to the fullness of his joy. And so if you're like in a place where you're going, I don't really feel a lot of joy, or in the future, you're in a place where I'm not feeling a lot of joy, I want you to remember something. When you seek his presence, in the presence of God is the fullness of his joy. So we, if you need joy, we start actually saying, what am I choosing Am I choosing to go and like put on my joy shirt for the day? No, it's not a choice like that. It's choosing the things that you know are of the Lord. He's saying, in my presence. That's where the fullness of my joy is. So how can you start choosing his presence? 
Back to Nehemiah for just a moment. He says not to mourn. It's a holy day. Don't grieve. Instead, let's feast. I think it's really important to note that it was important enough to Nehemiah and to the people that they actually scheduled joy. (laughs) They were actually like, hey, when are we going to get together? Let's get together tonight, and we're going to celebrate together in joy. We're actually going to do this thing. We're going to make it happen. And Nehemiah is like, we're going to make a plan. We're going to choose joy. We're going to celebrate. And what I'm trying to say to this is actually within your reach to choose things. You can actually choose things. You can actually choose to put joy into your life. If it were not within your reach, God would not command you to do it. Joy is an expression of faith. A lot of people express faith in different ways. We express faith through thankfulness. You, you get the scriptures like, you know, give thanks in all circumstances. So there's some people in here that are really good at being thankful to the Lord, and they express their faith in that way. Other people are like, I express the Lord, or express my faith through worship, and so I lift my hands, and I sing songs, and I worship. Well, joy is another, an express, is another expression of faith, just like, just like thankfulness and worship is, but most of us don't put it in that category. We think joy is something that we're supposed to receive, not necessarily supposed to express as a way of, our, of having faith in God. Because here's what, it, here's, here's what joy is. Joy is saying, I have the joy of believing for the things that are yet to come. This is what Jesus said when he says he endured the cross. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross because joy was awaiting him. And so joy is sometimes saying, I actually believe that God's going to do what he says he's going to do, and I'm going to wait, and I'm going to have joy in my waiting because I know and I believe in faith that he will. And so joy is actually an expression of faith in the breakthrough that is yet to come. That's why we keep talking about this in the Advent season, which is a season of waiting and anticipating. Because we believe that as we wait, that Jesus is changing us. And he's giving us not only the joy, but that that joy becomes our strength. And I know this, and I'm saying this to a group of people. I have no idea where your life is. I have no idea what's going on. I mean, some of you I know, but I don't know, I don't know all the things that you're enduring right now. But I know we live in a world that if this, if this is just kind of a typical group of people in the room, we have a group of people that some people are saying choosing joy is not very easy. In fact, the world around me is kind of caving in. And for a lot of people, as I mentioned only earlier, people are... I know that people are lonely. I know that people are hurting. I know that people are angry. I know that people are depressed or too busy. I mean, it's the world we live in, isn't it? And the world is always wanting to steal our joy. Can't have it, but they're trying to. You know, this whole series has been... course about Jesus and even though we're in the advent moment we've been if you haven't if you're new with us we've been sort of in a what we call a Jesus he changed everything about everything teaching series for 30 something weeks now which is which has been a lot of fun and a lot of really powerful things coming from it but one of the things that we've kind of had as the backdrop if you've been with us visually is these paintings of Jesus throughout history and history has always portrayed Jesus in paintings in different ways and and there's usually two different types of expressions that you see in in art of Jesus I mean the first one is is sort of the crucifixion. You see Jesus portrayed through the crucifixion, and it's very powerful and sobering to see our sin kind of on his shoulders as he's hanging on the cross. And that's one portrayal that you see through art and history. And another portrayal is is the like you know like the headshot. You know what I mean? Like he just went to the Sears portrait studio. You know what I mean? And he like got his he got his headshot. And 
And it's kind of like this, right? And there's these pictures of Jesus that they're just everywhere. And throughout history, people have painted pictures of Jesus that look like this. And they all sort of look like this, don't they? Jesus is like this somber sort of like kind of looking off out into the distance, sort of like he's kind of sad looking, kind of looks boring, but he always has beautiful hair. Does he not? He's always got the beautiful hair thing going on. And, but Jesus is just, he, he just doesn't look like the Jesus that I feel like we read about sometimes. We hardly ever see Jesus kind of like this. <laughs> it's it's kind of startling, and if you just let it sit with you, if you let it sit, it's actually really powerful. We hardly, just by the way, you can Google search Jesus smiling, you'll have a lot of fun. And it's really powerful. I'm being serious. I believe this had to be a common sight for the people that knew Jesus. Was there seriousness to Jesus in the kingdom? Yes, definitely. Did he encounter tension and all sorts of challenging things? Yes. Do we even read about Jesus morning? Yes. But I believe there was this joy in Jesus that we don't talk enough about. I read this verse a moment ago, Psalm 1611. It says, in his presence there is the fullness of joy. So in his presence there is the fullness of joy. If there's anybody that you would say probably had a pretty good measure of God's presence with them, it would be Jesus, right? And so Jesus had the fullness of joy with them. Galatians 5.22 says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. Love, joy. So if there's anybody, again, that you could say the fullness of the fruit of the Spirit is probably most personified in, uh, yeah, the person of Jesus. And so Jesus is the full picture of the fruit of the Spirit, which is the second one on the list, joy. And then Romans 14, 17 says this. I mean, the Bible actually uses words that I don't know if I would use to describe. If, I was, if someone said, hey, describe the kingdom of God for me, I'd be like, oh, you know, it's powerful. It's like, you know, transcendent. It's, I don't know what I'd say. But then this is, what, this is what Paul writes. He says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So think about it. This is what Jesus is bringing. He's bringing the kingdom of God. And he says, this kingdom that I'm bringing, it's first of all, it's righteousness, it's right standing with God. And then think about these other two words that, are, that, he, that he says. It's so amazing. These are the, the words that the angels of the Lord said whenever they said Jesus was coming into the world. Peace and joy. He says he will bring peace on earth and he will bring great news of joy for all people. Wow. And he still has beautiful hair. Back to Nehemiah for just a moment. Verse 12. Then all the people went away to eat and drink and send portions of food and to celebrate with great joy because they now understood the words that had been made known to them. They now understood something. It made sense for them to celebrate with great joy. A few nights ago, we were riding in the car and Grayson, he starts to 
randomly having this is what he does he just starts talking about something he starts talking about what he what he's, what's he going to be when he grows up and i'm like and he goes you know i'm going to be i'm going to be a pastor and i'm like he didn't say it with that accent but i just threw it in there i'm going to be a pastor and i'm like no 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 no, son you do not dream about this ever he says i'm going to be a pastor and and our church is going to have a prayer room and i'm like hmm, this is sounding familiar and <clears throat> and then kara sees she's like uh, are you going to be the pastor at OKC Community? We're just playing along with him, you know, OKC Community Church. And he goes, no, no, that's not going to be the name of my church. My church is going to be called Praise God Community Church. <laughs> Which was just hilarious. We just lost it. We were laughing. I don't know. It was funny to us. And uh, I love that name. But I think that's what's going on in, in Nehemiah here. They celebrated with great joy. It was like Praise God Community Church just showed up in Jerusalem. You know what I'm saying? I want all of us to understand something today. It says that they understood the words that had been given to them. And see, sometimes that's what it's about. It's us understanding something new, right? And they understood, see, something was planted in them. And what was planted in them? What was being read over them? The word. Right? The word was being read over to them. They were weeping. And he says, you know what? Today isn't just a day of weeping. It's also a day of joy. I want you to go celebrate with joy. So the word was planted in them. And when something was planted in them, it's kind of sprung new life, just like anything else that when a seed is planted, something comes from it. And when you and I plant the seed of the word of God in our hearts, in our lives, something is enabled that previously you were not able to do. So you remember when I said, do you ever feel like something's really hard? Do you ever feel like things are impossible? Do you ever feel like you can't really live out what the word of God is? Well, there are some things that are impossible, but there's only some things that are released and enabled by the word of God being planted in us. Are you with me? And so the word of God is being planted in us. And here's the thing that's interesting about the word of God is God actually, in some ways, the law requires, right? The law requires, great, and grace enables, the law actually says that we are supposed to be joyful. Therefore, it's commanded of us, but how, how can it be commanded of us? How do we actually go and just choose joy? Well, it's actually something that is impossible probably for us, but it's grace that enables us. Has anybody ever had the grace of God do something you don't deserve for you? We don't deserve the joy of the Lord to be our strength. But grace enables that to be true in our life. And so what the word commands of us that we can't do on our own. So if, if joy feels impossible to you, if joy feels so far from you, if joy feels like, oh, I only have fleeting moments of happiness, but I haven't really ever, I don't live in joy. If it feels like that to you, maybe you just need to say, you know what? If it feels impossible, that must mean I need grace to enable it. I need the word of God planted in me to enable something that I can't choose to do without him. That may mean you need to give your life to Christ. That may mean you need to re repent of your ways and turn back to him. That may mean you have to, you have to cho totally change everything about everything. That's what, that, mess, that may be what it means. Maybe the reason you can't feel joy or experience joy is because you haven't allowed the word of God to be planted in you to enable something that you can't have on your own. You see, the joy 
of the Lord is our strength. It's not the joy of the world or the joy of you or the joy of family. It's the joy of the Lord. So back to verse 12 that's up there. They went away, they eat, drank. What they eat and drink? Filet mignon and sweet drinks. They send portions of food, meaning they give portions of food to people who don't have it. They celebrate with great joy because they now understood the word that had been made known to them. And so today I'm hoping that something clicks in you, something you understand, something new. I love how Nehemiah concludes the story. Verse 17, a few verses down, he says, From that day, from the days of Joshua of Nun until that day, so from the days of Joshua until this very day, which is a long time, by the way, the Israelites had not celebrated like this, and their joy was very great at Praise God Community Church in Jerusalem. <laughs> Friends, I just, I just really want to encourage you. May your joy be great. May you allow the seed of God's word be planted in you to where the things that feel impossible become possible. And joy is one of those things for you. May you celebrate in this season like you've never celebrated before. And may you actually do it on purpose. May you actually schedule joy. May you actually choose joy. May you actually say, you know what? I am going to choose joy because I believe that the joy of the Lord is my strength. And I'm not going to chase after the things of God before I chase after the simple things of just saying, I, I know that I know that God wants me to live in joy. He wants me to live with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, love, goodness, self-control, all these sorts of things, right? Like the things that we know. May this season, may in this season, as you anticipate breakthrough, may you choose joy in the waiting. May you increase your joy in a world that you may live in every day at work or wherever you're at that maybe lacks joy. May you walk in joy in, in the midst of that. And may the picture of Jesus in your mind be changed. May you actually see Jesus now as Jesus is a person of joy and laughter. Isn't, isn't it amazing just to even have a new picture of Jesus in your mind? Because in his coming, it was, he would bring news of great joy for all people. Amen? Would you bow your heads with me? We're going to pray. I just want to pray for anybody in here that would say, I need joy in my life. Just lift your hand right now. Just lift your hand right now if you're just like, I need joy in my life. I'm just being real. I need some joy. Yeah. Very good. Father, right now, we just pray for joy. We know it's one that we can choose, but Lord, we also know it's one we can ask you for. And so, Lord, I pray for each and every person that they would receive joy this morning, that they would receive it, and that, Lord, even as your word says, that the joy of the Lord would be their strength. So, Father, if anybody in this room is feeling weary, is feeling tired, is feeling weak and confused, Lord, if anybody in this room is thinking they need strength right now, I pray you would fill them with joy. That, Lord, that joy would be the measure of their strength. And so, Lord, I pray right now for any person in here, any person in here that maybe thinks, uh, I'm not really, I'm good. But, Lord, they know they're not really walking in joy right now. I pray right now that, God, you would just 
Fill them with hope. Fill them with a desire and a longing to just celebrate. Lord, may we be really, really good at celebrating. May we be really, really good at being intentional about saying we are going to walk in the joy of the Lord. May we be encouragers. May we be filled with praise on our lips. May we be a church that is not okay with just kind of the status quo, but Lord, that we would say, you know what? The world will know us, yeah, by our love, but Lord, they will also, we will also be able, just like you did, where you had the joy set before them, that Lord, we would say we know because of what you have promised, that we can choose joy, we can live in joy, and that God, we can have faith to believe what you've promised. And so Father, I pray you'd fill us with the faith and that we'd express it in joy. So Lord, we pray all these things in your name. We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. If there's anything we can pray with you about, or if you have questions about God, we'd love to talk with you. Please visit our contact page at okccommunitychurch.com.